0: This is Tim Delhas and you're listening to DAO Talks podcast. Over the last couple of years, we've seen DAOs go through a roller coaster ride from being nowhere to everywhere. But what exactly are DAOs, or decentralized autonomous organizations, and how can we use them as a lens to view the wider world? What is happening to them now in the beer market? Is it the end of it or are we just in a normal hype cycle? All of that and much more is what we want to find out together. Tonight I'm talking to Alexis Fowler. Alexis is the co-founder and CEO of Rarible, creator-centric, well-known NFT platform and marketplace. We're going to be talking about the recent Silicon Valley bank failure and how it affected them or it didn't, the advantage of doing self-custody, the tendencies in crypto with that, and obviously the latest on NFTs, the latest trends, and what's coming next if one day this bear market is over. Alexei, how are you? Where are you? Hi, hi, I'm good. I'm in New York. Good to be here. That's good. You've lived in New York for a while. You just got there. I think you mentioned before you've been nomading through the world before, but you've been in New York for some time now. Yes, that's true. I moved to New York
1: like a year ago and still here. You enjoy it? It depends. So the city is a little bit of hectic and noisy, but yeah. You can find a good balance across quiet spots and busy areas. But also, a cool thing that there is a lot of smart people here, and I really like communities. So you can get to almost every crypto startup,
0: has some employees around. You know, I, I was in New York, I think, in August last year. And I think I took two things back. I, you know, did some great bike rides with the kids through Central Park. Was good, and I remember, like in the hotel, I bought a beer at the bar, and I got like a plastic cup. It was like seventeen dollars before taxes and tip, <laughs> and I was oh yeah, oh my god. <laughs> but anyway, not talking about New York. Question: So, did you get affected by what happened with Silicon Valley Bank, or you know, does Rarible have all the money, you know, on some Silicon Valley bank account, or what's up with you guys? It's a good question. It
1: was very interesting several days, starting from Friday, pretty much. So Raybo is not the fact that we use self-custody, obviously. So it was cool to see how crypto is actually changing the way you interact with your money. So you own everything directly. There is no one else who are like in charge and something happens. So it's a nice feeling then that you're safe and you're in control of your assets
0: The treasury in usdc actually usdc
1: is something we've got affected a little bit but two things one is i'm really confident in usdc because out of all stable coins they probably the most transparent and definitely all stable coins who is actually dealing with fiat money as a collateral. They act like a bank. And if you use the stable coin, you kind of know that you could be affected in a sense like a bank. But the good thing about crypto and USDC anyway, is that you can 24 seven, just sell it, change it to other stable coin. Maybe you will lose a little bit, but it's not like with the Silicon Valley bank that you can just do nothing. And you sit and wait, like what they will decide. Still, you made the choice. So it's it's different. And we do have a portfolio of stables, but USDC will be there anyway, for a while, at least. It's actually an interesting question, like what is the stable coins we have on the market? And there is not so many of them. Also, I saw some cool Twitter thread about some narrow bank before like some time ago they tried to be a super safe place to deposit money so they just like don't really buy any securities except like treasuries which is super safe super liquid and they have only like uh, cash and treasuries it's like very stable model right and the thing is I think they got banned by some regulators because they too safe and if such a safe place exists so everyone will just move all their deposits from other banks to this place so <laughs> everyone in, in at least in this current system <laughs> they should be somehow not so stable, not too stable. Although I thought that could work pretty well for stable coins. So I hope someone will launch such a stable coin, which is baked by like a very secure type of securities. And yeah,
0: so it will be a good thing to have on the market. So you obviously had exposure with USDC. Were you surprised that Circle had exposure to Silicon Valley Bank? When you go like oh, they actually connected to Silicon Valley Bank? Okay. And then, you know, deep packed to what, 90 cents? Did you at any mm-hmm. point think it could like fall apart or were you pretty confident the entire time that, hey, you know, nothing's going to really happen? Yeah, I was pretty confident
1: because I mean, first of all, I know how USDC works and it wasn't like unexpected risk. So it's like a bank essentially. So if there is a stump kind of crisis in this sector so usdc could be affected but they are very transparent so you can just check what's the risk there what is the amount of assets that are in risk for them it was a pretty small portion it's like 10 percent of their assets so i was pretty sure that everything will be fine
0: also explains the deep pack right. It explains that you know, hey, 10% was affected and it um, went from a dollar to 90 cents, you know.
1: Yeah, but actually I think it's just like panic. It shouldn't go so deep, it should go for like a couple one, two percent. It was like real panic. And I saw a lot of messages or some conversations where people just tried to run from USDC to Tether, but Tether it's kinda nobody. Care to check the history, but it's like an interesting company. I think they started in U.S. and at least couple times, from what I remember, there was a holes in their balance sheet, and they just moved to some unregulated. (laughs) I don't know where they now, like in Europe or where. So they're in some place where you shouldn't conduct like audit reports and all the stuff. At least as I know, probably there is some audits, but yeah, for me. Treasury
0: seems like a more private company. A more private company. So in your company, Treasury, do you hold any UST or you find it too risky?
1: Yeah, I think we still... There is nothing else on the market with the so good traction during the time. So USDT still...
0: Too big to fail. <laughs> so. Interesting. Interesting way of putting it for crypto. Do you think this incident now with Silicon Valley Bank and USDC, depegging pegging, and so on, do you think this had any positive or negative impact on perception of crypto in general, like in the Web3 community and outside the Web3 community? Do you think there's like something to rescue or something that people took with them from it? Do you think there's any change of perception?
1: Yeah, I think that it was a really good sign and bullish trend for crypto. And we can see that on the market, ETH is up significantly. So Bitcoin is up, all crypto goes up, which clearly saying that people believe in crypto and they just see this value to own their assets directly.
0: Yeah, I think it makes you really think, I guess nobody in the startup world really you know, thought about as well. We also have a Silicon Valley bank account, like I think we have like, 10k on it or something like it's ridiculous because we do the same thing when Mm -hmm. self-custody right but i had somewhat of the same thought i was like why would you have all of your treasury all lying in the bank right and when we raised the money we obviously had it in fiat as well and we then had it in custody with binance but we also moved it off there because it just feels a lot safer right having it in your own multi-sig and being in control with your team and partners rather than having it someone on the bank account of some bank where, as you can tell, you don't know what they're doing with the money, right?
1: Yeah, multi sigs are pretty safe. So, multi sig plus hardware wallets, it's the same grade of security as you have in any custody or bank, but it's just more safer <laughs> because there is no risk on top of
0: it well because you don't have to trust other people right the point of trustless you don't have to go to trust the guys in the bank what Mm -hmm. what they're signing and what they're not signing right yeah exactly yeah so you know going on obviously you're heavily involved you know co-founder ceo chief janitor is rarible so you've been in nfts what's on your mind about nfts these days so what do you see happening i guess people who will listen to this and, you know, that follow what's happening in the space and an interesting opinion. I guess they would really like to see what you see happening from your vantage point. It's an interesting market
1: as always. I think I like bear market more than bull markets because it's way less noise and you can actually see what's happening and what's on the market. So we definitely seen like a less of PFP movement. It's going like lower and lower and crypto art, in contrast, is growing. So I would say for NFTs, it's really, really good primitive, in my opinion, generally, for crypto. So before NFTs, we've got like only cryptocurrencies plus you twenty tokens, which is fungible, and act like uh, currencies as well. So it was like uh, all sorts of project tokens, like voting tokens, all those things. And It's pretty complex. So DeFi as well. So if you just never use crypto before and you want to use any of those tools, this is pretty complex. You have to dig into this, figure out how it works, like why you should buy this. Okay, you bought this, then why you should stake it or why you should put this token somewhere, right? So it's very nerdy niche and it's hard to scale except of the conception of just trading so i i believe there is a lot of people around the world like binance users like uh, coinbase users and exchange users they just trade and they probably don't really get deeper into the details they just trade them and they enjoy using the stack just from the investment perspective right whereas in nfts it's way more about culture it's visual it's engaging so there is a storytelling aspect so projects around nfts and launching nfts they often tend to be very cultural based and very like community based and all this social aspect so like nfts as a primitive it brings the social aspect and visual aspect to the whole crypto ecosystem, which is why it's just a way larger spectrum of people who can interact with this primitive, which in my opinion helps a lot in this long process of crypto adoption. So for the whole crypto market, more people come into the space is better, right? And we're still really small and each bull market probably 10 to 100x the user base. And last bull market, it was a lot about NFTs. And again, like there was a bigger audience that are kind of interested in interacting with this primitive. So what I'm thinking is that next bull market, NFTs will be a really big part of it. Although definitely we'll see other primitive emerging as it was like all previous cycles. So it will be new things, but also NFTs will be there
0: for sure. What do you think, like, let's assume the market would turn around, like as you put it, right? And suddenly we would be in the bull market. What do you think has happened since the last kind of like hype cycle and now through this bear market? What have been the biggest innovations in the NFT space where you would say, hey, you know, if the market would now turn around, then we could be seeing... Mm -hmm. You know, within the NFTs, a lot of this or a lot of that, you know, that's not a repetition Mm. of what we already had. Because I would agree with you that I think this mass appeal of NFTs, it's a good vehicle for mass abduction of Web3, clearly. I would just be very curious what you think will be the really new aspects that you've seen developing and coming out where you now would go, hey, this is the cool shit that could be happening or not, obviously. I would say that we still have... At least one to three
1: probably years until next growth cycle. And the previous cycle, it was very few infrastructure in place. So you want to launch your NFTs. So it's like you can just create a smart contract, launch this NFT, or mint this NFT through like Rareble or through other platforms. If it's just like basic one, like a single a 101 or just like images. And then go and try to build your community. So people use this primitive, in my opinion, in the very like direct, very basic way. It started from just trading images and it's still there. Like digital art is growing and especially generative art is growing. So I think this direction will be here and will just grow in times for whenever it will be a high market. So it's very, very. Genuine value proposition for digital artists, and they will be there and it will grow. But other stuff is more of the in explorations phase. So we saw a lot of experiments from teams to brands. So everyone is trying to do something like launching different experiments. At Rareball, we worked with a lot of brands to help them. And just like some of them conducted drops on Rarible. Now we working with the so-called community marketplace product. That's when we help them to launch their own marketplace. It's like a dedicated marketplace for their collection, very vertical, small one. So usually these days, the conception is they launch some NFTs with some idea behind, and then they keep the audience and keep the branded experience. And just like allow people to trade inside the same space, so just seeing how all this growing, and during all this process of working with different partners, teams, and communities, we just seen all sorts of experiments. Some people trying to use NFTs as a loyalty programs, which is totally makes sense, actually, in my opinion another big direction is uh, digital goods so there is a uh, several companies who considering nfts as a product line so like you sell maybe it's even physical goods and now you just just adding to your line the digital goods in the form of nfts so all this type of things i think will be growing next bull market so i would say that there is a lot of experiments we should conduct during this next year, two years, to finally have something that very scalable and very
0: appealing to, to users. Really curious there. So what are you saying? And, you know, what I'm hearing from you, I hear two terms. I think there's a lot about brands in there, okay? Which obviously goes with the second term, which goes hand in hand in both ways and many ways. Is communities, right? Because this launching of your own marketplaces around your own NFT collections, letting people trade has a lot to do with creating communities around things. And these communities can be around brands or brands can create it out of these communities. And it can be commercial brands or large brands it can be very, you know, independent ideas and so on. But what I'm hearing from you and kind of the theme to the things that you describe seem to me, these two things, a lot around brands, not only just in the commercial sense, you know, Starbucks, NFTs or so on, obviously as well, there's money there, but a lot around, you know, this community and, and marketplaces. Would you agree with this? Do you think that's where are we going to see a lot of stuff happening over time, especially if when activity in the market picks up?
1: Yeah, so I would agree with how you put this. And uh, to be precise, for brands, it's not only like some Web2 brands, like uh, legacy brands like Starbucks or someone like Trump, let's say. So there is also new brands like uh, Hugo Labs, like uh, Doodles, all these brands they... Uh, emerge from crypto culture pretty much so there is a whole set of new brands and communities
0: that are emerging around this primitive two questions to that actually from what you've seen and your personal opinion there not just from a you know business and variable perspective but what do you think is the most interesting nft slash community brand project that has actually had an impact where you said hey this has been a really fantastic project for this and that reason, not just because you throw a lot of money in it or have a large marketing machine, but where you go, hey, this has been a really interesting mix in terms of like an innovative approach that actually created value that was adopted very well. What stands out yeah. in the last six to twelve months? So aside of those
1: BFPs, which sometimes I like proof collectible, it's a good example of a community that brings value in terms of marketing sites right so aside of all this community driven pfp collections i would say i don't know in my opinion less of them is actually bringing any meaningful value but there is some good one that actually do this job well so outside of this i think the most from what already happened the major like value it's something like art blocks Something like Generative Art Projects, Braindrops, all these guys, they effectively multiplied revenue streams for artists. And everything they do totally makes sense. So artists launch their draw artworks and sell artworks for people who want to collect. And same happens here, but in digital way,
0: which gives like a lot of additional value on top of it. Interesting. And, you know, from my vantage point, I've noticed that, you know, some of the blockchains have started to try to differentiate in terms of value they can add in the NFT space, right? Again, from your vantage point, what are the interesting things that are happening on the blockchain level to support needs of creators in the NFT space? And, you know, which of the chains that are not, you know, the major chains? And I think you guys, how many support, four or five? I'm not sure. But maybe some of the chains you don't support yet, do you think are really doing some really interesting shit where people should go, hey, this is really worth watching because it generates a lot of value, independent from the fact if Rarible today supports it or not. But where do you see innovation happening on the blockchain space? Definitely, there's a lot of chains at once We saw so, I really... Sunrise
1: of L1s last couple years. Now there is a L2 coming and ZK, especially, it's coming. A lot of such things we'll see in the future. But yeah, I think there is a few chains that actually state that NFTs is something that they are about. I
0: think Out of Flow, rate. Immutable X, I would say, comes to mind. Immutable X, right. If you look at Flow and Immutable X, and you think there's significant innovation, or would you say, hey, you know, the stuff that the Layer Ones are doing here is kind of nice to have, but it's not really needed, or is there an opportunity to actually do fundamental infrastructure improvement?
1: So first of all, Immutable X is not Layer One; it's like a side chain. True. It's almost has API, workshop support Immutable X, and it's more of like a framework like Web2 API, and then you can uh, interact with NFTs through it. So to your question, I mean, Immutable X is uh, doing a great job in terms of gaming, and they focused on this. And I think it's really helpful for the whole ecosystem to have such uh, players who actually like working with gaming projects and help game projects to adopt NFTs. That's cool. But Out of this, like probably Flow is the only L1 infrastructure layer that focused around NFTs. So we do support Flow as well. Flow is interesting blockchain. It's kind of NFT focused, but it's so corporate. So it's almost zero activity out of just like corporate activity, which doesn't really utilize all the creativity that is around the world that people are willing to use and like launch all sorts of things right so that's why everything is happening on ETH pretty much on Polygon and Tezos is big around art so artists community they moved to Tezos pretty much during the last bull run when mint uh, transaction costs on Ethereum was really high so they uh, moved to tezos and adopted tezos now we do have fxhash which is generative art platform almost same as art blocks and a lot of artists they start from fxhash if they got popular so they move to art blocks it's like a playground for new digital artists, and OG as well. So Pezons is big on art
0: and generative art. Are you looking at things where you would say, hey, in terms of infrastructure, technology, be it layer one or layer two, immutable, or in terms of cross-chain technology, are you seeing areas where you would say, hey, there's a piece of infrastructure missing or there's a piece of infrastructure that somebody's already working on that you think would have a huge impact on the NFT space? Do you see something on the horizon? So, I don't
1: see much difference for NFTs and for crypto in general. So, we're still very behind on the mass level of adoption in terms of infrastructure from many, many angles. Like, let's say there is a new big trend of decentralized socials, such as Lens Protocol, like DSO, Lens, Farcaster, all these guys. So, let's say Lens Protocol, they already on l2 they they're on polygon and i think they're at the maximum of capacity even on this like very small scale right so we're lacking on the faster layers like faster layer twos or even layer threes at some point where people start talking about even faster abstractions So definitely we need more speed at less of transaction costs and better wallets experience. So better on-ramp, off-ramp. All this are still missing like on the market and it's coming. Like a prerequisites for the next bull run will be robust like L2s with really nice bridges, like with good on-ramps, good wallet support. So all the things that can help developers build sleek products that people are used to they should look pretty much same as web 2 products maybe even like mobile apps but they should utilize crypto native concept of like direct ownership and this is how next bull market will look like we'll see like a very nice and uh, sleek applications with very professional teams building them so the level of professionalism is also rising every bull market so i'm seeing that more and more professional team coming into space so it's more sophisticated apps better user experience it's something that we have to have to bring like a
0: next wave of users very cool. I'm helping a team that is producing a movie okay about two street musicians from Malawi an African country okay and these two street musicians kind of by accident ended up being discovered now they play on stages like Ruskilda they're going to their first u s tour it's just Two dudes playing on sub-built instruments. It's really good. And it's a really amazing story. And there's a really small independent documentary-style film being made about that. But I've been involved there in the discussion to see, hey, how does, you know, potentially NFTs play into this, right? So you got a band that's doing music. They have several albums, right? they got a small community, small Instagram following. You know, it's a really non-tech world. On the other side, there's this movie starting to be produced, and it's getting some initial traction and some reviews and people collaborating on it. What are two or three of other projects or examples that come to mind where you would say, hey, look into this or that or the other thing that might be a good idea for a project like this to consider, Mm -hmm. you know, thinking beyond like making an NFT out of the movie poster, right? (laughs) What what can you do? It's not like anything that comes to
1: mind here. Where would you look? So music NFTs are like NFTs around music bands. There is a lot of things happening. It's like uh, waves. Sometimes it's going up, sometimes it's going down. So I wouldn't say that we do have some really good working examples of NFTs that relate to music bands at the moment. Although there is several projects like Catalog. So the major thinking behind the... Music NFTs at the moment is that the only niche that music NFTs are trying to disrupt at the moment is the niche music bands. So the problem is if you are a small music band. So from some level of the fan base, it's starting to be completely inefficient to sell your music through streaming services like apple music or spotify because there is just like few people playing your tracks and they pay per listening like it's not gonna work for them and so all these bands they suffering from this major music distribution options they don't have this in their revenue streams but in other hand let's say they do have like 200 of really good followers like a really small audience but they really love these guys so it appears that these 200 people they are willing to spend pretty good amount of money just to support these guys and there is no direct vehicle to do this and then there is several projects that are trying to solve this through nfts and nfts in a sense it's like a pass you own this NFT, and then you support all these artists like direct support from the fan base to the music band so general thinking is something like that if that could work for them so if they have a small audience maybe there is a chance so yeah i'm not so deep in music nfts and i think there's like very small number of projects and they
0: should probably check and see how the latest thinking around this how it could work It's like being a struggling entrepreneur, right? You're going to have to push the boundaries and look for new angles to find, to make it happen. Alexey, this was a pleasure. So thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you. I hope it was helpful and it was nice being here. Dial Talks is brought to you by Grindery. If you enjoyed this podcast, consider subscribing to Dial Talks on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or any other platform you fancy. To find out more about Grindery, visit Grindery.io. Thanks for joining me. Tim out.